0: podcasting network because you can handle the truth truth truth
1: This is another Sunday of Ralph Kermit Winter road the 2nd coming to you live out of Alaska. We're, uh, above zero finally, but the wind is still howling outside. We had about a week there of 40 to 50 with 80 mile an hour gusts. That is nasty. That's almost like a hurricane down in uh, Florida, I would think. I don't know. Man, I'm telling you, my little van is really gets bounced around in that kind of wind. It's, uh pretty square it's an astro band and uh <clears throat> they were they closed the road going to Anchorage and blowing semis over and oh well well it just keeps getting more and more information i just uh i i when you think it can't be anything else any worse i don't know or any more enlightening it just keeps coming that's fine um this month, we will be, uh, going after some IRS agents and banks and FedEx, and, uh, before sometime early February, I'm going after the state of Alaska, uh, the Matsu borough. I put out, uh, six Freedom of Information stuff. Uh, they think they're going to take two acres over here. I told them to, uh. They keep threatening to foreclose, and <clears throat> they think they're going to go do it. I says, "Well, Giddy and I went over and thanked them. I said, "Thank you." And uh, but they got a new pretend judge, so I'm trying to get all the information out of that. And it is so, so uh, unbelievable. In Alaska, we have judges with those civil commissions. That's mandated by the Constitution. It's mandated by the uh, statute. And they're copyrighted, by the way. They have no proper oaths of office as public officers. Nobody in the whole state does. Uh, You just can't make this stuff up. And the Alaska Bar, they take a Rule 5 oath to a separate venue and a separate it's a third judicial district instead of third district. Now, they've got a new uh, gal running at the place, Bailey. Uh, you can't see. The oaths are all secret. All the information is private now. You can't see anything that these guys are doing. Really. Just can't make this stuff up. So now we don't... But I already have them on the other ones and the, one of the things that's going to... we're going to get up is in their own rules, they don't think I can't read. Well, I can read their own ding-dang rules. Say they have to declare their citizenship. Well, I have the ones that they don't. They have to declare they're a citizen of the United States and the state to be a judge. That's a big issue. The whole thing, this whole thing, and I'm going to get to some other stuff here that's just unbelievable. This whole thing in America hinges on one important thing that everybody in this country has. And it's called your birthright. Esau in the Bible gave his up for some porridge, lentil beans, and the creator was not a half happy with this. Lineage and all that it all went down the tube. We have a birthright. It's called the law of the land. And due process of law. Not due process. Due process of law. And with our birthright, we get what? Unalienable rights. From the law of nature. Nature's God. That's unalienable rights. No country in the whole world has that. In their founding document. Unalienable rights. We also get with our birthright, something called civil rights. But you see, corporations have civil rights. That's just the right to sue and be sued in courts. And we have something else with your birthright. It's called political rights. That nobody wants to talk about the right of suffrage, the right of the elective franchise, the absolute right to put in an office where we have delegated a limited amount of power. We get to put we get to say who goes there and how they get there. Are they authorized and empowered? over our life, liberty, and property. And you know how many people in Alaska have a proper oath of office? Nobody. And it's not an oath. It's an oath of office. The office is the delegation of... It's like a... It's a contract. Compact. Franklin Delano Roosevelt is the first president of the United States. The folk one. He never took a proper oath and nobody has since. He inserted his name, and it's in quotation marks. I wonder what quotation marks means. Why would they go to the trouble to put it in quotation marks if you don't do it? I am going after this kangaroo judge over here because the Alaska bar printed in 1974. We're going to take... And to call it the third judicial district. And they put it right on the front page on the internet. If you go look, and they even say reference to the other one. They call them administrative districts. We're going to administer all of you folks. And then we have a rule five, and we have a rule 64. Rule five is the oath, which we can't see now. And rule uh, 64 says, oh, we got a professional code of conduct that we're going to obey. And there's only a couple of things that they can have to do when criminal... They can lie, cheat, everything. It's all if you read it. Professional code of conduct, they have to, uh, uh, if you want to go to a trial by jury or not, or appeal or not, or testify or not, that's about it. Those three or four things, and that's it. Everything else they can negotiate behind the scenes. And it's not against the code of ethics of the professional code of conduct. And the judicial code in Alaska it says the judge does law and fact. And that's true, they're not lying. They are not lying. They're printing this stuff. And this this stupid, I was going to take some clips, but I decided against it. You can go to frankspeech.com and go look at uh, uh, the uh, comments that Brandon House had with Wrens. Uh, Our Supreme Court, when you get to the Supreme Court of the United States, you do not argue facts. You argue law. That's a beginner's thing. And here we got Kagan and Breyer and Sotomayor. They're arguing. They're putting forth un. Founded lies, facts about seven hundred and some thousand who were infected, and one hundred thousand children are in the hospital or on respirators, and just fact after fact after just lie after lie, and these attorneys are just sucking up to them. Those attorneys that were up there, I'm telling you, talk I, I I'm not bragging, but I'm telling you what, I could done a whole bunch better. I don't kiss up to them and say everybody's got to be vaccinated and all this other nonsense and then try to say, well, we're going to have to have a stay. Well, which is it? And you know what's missing? How come they don't have any of the people like uh, 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 Dr. David Martin with the real facts put in their briefs, how deadly this is, or Karen Kingston, ex-Pfizer employee or Dr. Tenpenny or uh, McCulloch top heart guy in the world oh these are real doctors they have actual facts provable facts how come we don't bring in let's see the insurance guy now he come out and said oh by the way you know that we have a 40% increase in our life insurance policies which is beyond 10% would be Beyond belief. Forty percent. People are dying. Well, I wonder what they're dying of. Anybody got a guess? Forty percent increase in people dying in life insurance policies. All of a sudden, just out of the curb blue. I think I may have had a touch of this, but I have uh uh, God that I know, her son and uh, now wife, both got COVID, and I had about a 12-hour thing of I just absolutely had zero power, uh, energy. But I just went to bed and got up and good to go. I've never had that type of uh, lack of energy before. But uh, I take all sorts of vitamin D and C and zinc and magnesium and all sorts of stuff. I got to get my hands on some ivermectin and uh, doxycycline, uh, <clears throat> just to have it in reserve. Like I should, oh, everybody should have that. You know, as a reserve. That uh, gal from Nigeria, Doctor uh, Stella Emanuel or something, her name. Boy, I'm telling you, she's a spitfire. She's on the internet. I got to, I got to get try to get a hold of her and see if there's a way to get a, how I get that. Anyway, this brief, this argument up there in the Supreme Court is just a joke. They didn't argue the law. They talked about notice and comment a couple times and about Congress, and they had sixty days. Well, They don't have. They had OSHA. Congress said, "Oh, you could bypass the administrative. Oh, this people. That, I got a somebody here that." Uh, found out my fax line here. They want to call it on and do some nonsense. They get around. I, I just they didn't bring up the Congress said, oh, we don't need the administrative state, which is the administrative legislation. They don't have to do any of that. Just bypass it. So you can go declare emergencies. We can't. I've got it looked up. It says, if the emergency exists, you can exercise it. You can't use a set of facts to create an emergency. Supreme Court said so. So now we've got OSHA doing this nonsense. They just got unlimited power. Nobody questions that they have the authority to do it. They did question, well they got Congress has got sixty days to do something, right. I'm gonna go into that again today because people are not taught any of this. I did find out and I'm trying to figure out a way to get it, called Davis and Pierce Administrative Law Treaties. Three volumes with a supplement. I was going to get a 1994 out of Amazon. There was one copy left for $129 I put in, and it just vanished. Supposedly, maybe you could buy it for about $1,200. It's not available. If you're a lawyer or a judge, this is what they use. It's over 4,000 times it's quoted. How come I can't see it? How come you can't see it? I'm going to try to get it on... uh, Library loan from <clears throat> the University of Alaska. 2,000 plus pages. So it's cost me 105, 110 bucks to copy it all, but I'll get it done. That's how I got uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's thing uh, <clears> of <throat> 1937. That's just an amazing. The, where he goes into how these these agencies he created and loves—they're just out of control and called the headless fourth branch of government and more. We just kept, this stuff is so unbelievable. Then I found, well anyway with the Supreme Court, I don't know what's going to happen there because they did there's nothing going on. I sent nine letters. I need to post them to the Supreme Court on especially about uh, the um, Mooney case. Brought up these courts are all Article 1, Section 8, Clause 9 courts. I got something in just a minute I'm going to reveal. I'd found this 10 years ago. The thing is, I'm finding all these things that I found so many years ago, but I couldn't put it together. And they print it. We're in trouble, folks. We got a Supreme Court that's up there. Like I say, I started to... Uh, Go through and take some audio out of it, because the audio and transcription both is uh, available on the Supreme Court homepage. It's a joke, though. These are supposed to be the top legal minds in America, and it's a joke. They're bringing up propaganda lies and no law. So we got OSHA bypasses the administrative legislation, which is the only way it can have uh, general applicability and legal effect. There are two two, quote, types of governments running in America, and the constitutional one's been gone for many, many, many decades. 17th Amendment, as soon as there's no parties to the compact, our Constitution, 1913, what did they do? As soon as the 17th Amendment passed and the several states no longer elected senators of the United States, we had everything by citizens of the United States. A citizen of the United States only has civil rights. You are an agent of Satan. It's man's law because you're on the same status with corporate fictions like a corporation or an LLC, limited liability. And you can take on that character. And what's amazing. And I'm going to be posting that. Because I've been working on a bunch of other uh, stuff here. Trying to get this. Uh, all these. i closing on everything I could think of. In the administrative state. I found. Two briefs. One of them is a 1935 brief, and they explain out how they overthrew the courts. And they justify it in their world. We no longer have law equity. They merged it all. And I need to bring up this, and I've brought up this before. Uh, but they they bring it up. I mean, I saw it many years ago. But now, like I say, with more knowledge and wisdom, you can just see it. It's right there. I'm gonna bring up this 1934. They passed this. Oh, back.
2: Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? I have another update on the fundraising situation. We can accept PayPal through the RBN site. You can mail in cash, check or money order, made out to RBN. Made out to RBN. The postal address is 2251. Double Creek Drive, number 302, Round Rock, Texas, 78664. If you send in a check or money order, it needs to be made out to RBN, just the three letters, RBN. And if you have any questions, call 800-724-2719, extension 3. Feel free to call on in uh, on this issue, and we'll try and get you squared away. The network thanks you.
1: okay well I'm back here and uh, this brief in 1935 talks about how they went about changing out law and equity and making it one form of action this actually started in uh, New York state of New York in 1848 and they talk about it it's amazing how they, like the Moki case, M-O-O-K-I-E, which says District Court of the United States is arising under Article 3, and they take the other side. Well, you know, the Const Article 3 courts are, can't be in territories and uh, possessions. Well, okay, I know what they can't be, but where are they? We, we left out the other part. By omission, this is what they do. But this is what they did in 1934. First of all, in 1934, when uh, Hoover went out, 1,006 statutes were repealed. And then immediately, oh, uh, FDR starts off with his administrative state. That is law. A lot of that, some of that got overturned eventually, but that's how he got these agencies. I mean, they just went wild. So, 1934, June 19, 1934, 48 Stat 1064, 48 Stat 1064. The Supreme Court of the United States shall have the power to prescribe by general rules for the District Courts of the United States, which is a lie, for the courts of the and the courts of the District of Columbia. First of all, you can't can't mix the District of Columbia and the District Courts of the United States because they are two totally separate jurisdictions. District Courts of the United States are in the several states are limited. The District Courts in the District of Columbia and those are under no restrictions, they're not limited, they're under the plenary absolute power of Congress. Forms of processes, writs, pleadings and motions, practice, and procedures in civil actions at law. Said rules are neither, shall neither abridge, enlarge, nor modify the substantive right of any litigant. So we're going to create something, but you can't abridge it, enlarge it, or modify substantive rights. They shall take effect six months after the promulgation. Thereafter, all laws in conflict therewith shall be of no further force and effect. Really? Really? You did this by this Congress did this and give this power to the Supreme Court. The court may at any time unite the general rules prescribed by it for cases in equity with those actions at law so as to sc- secure one form of civil action and proceed for both. That in such union of rules the right of a trial by jury at common law and declared by the Seventh Amendment remains inviolate. Oh, uh, yeah right the Supreme Court has rolled over you cannot take away our law and equity constitutional court it was ordained and established in article 3 just like at the beginning of the constitution that's why they did it twice you can't take it away I've got that in a brief I'm going to be getting my home page going here again I'll be putting that moody brief and some of this stuff up or if you're on my list, I've sent it out, but if you want to see it, it's a, a thousand pages of documentation backing up a couple hundred pages of briefs lining it out, they, they, they filled in some blanks that I didn't know they're, because they're lies the question that we come to, do they have the authority to do this? Only if we grant it And how did we grant it? I am a citizen of the United States. They created this satanic status with civil rights only in 1866. 14 stat 27. It's on the internet. How do you go look it up? Just type in 42 USC 1981 and 1982. 42 USC... 1981 and 1982. You could have the same rights as a white citizen. How come nobody's complaining about that one, huh? It's the first Civil Rights Act. And then, of course, the 14th Amendment, subject to the jurisdiction, which is an implied law contract. Subject to means I want to volunteer at the point of a gun, Basically. They have created a complete system of a coup d'etat. There are no public officers because there's no elections for them. Hell, they print it in the National Voter Registration Act of 1993. There's no officers of the United States, they don't exist because the elections can't do what they're doing. They print it. You got to be a citizen of the United States. Citizen of the United States has no rights of the elective franchise. Or the right of suffrage. Period. They print it, and well, we just ignore it because the average person. How are you going to find this stuff out, huh? Like I say, if you don't have Westlaw to do the word searches that I set up here in Word Search for hours on end, trying to figure out what the words are using, and now I've come across a couple of other words: substantive rights. What are substantive rights? See, you can't if you don't buy. Uh, cross step on any substantive right it's okay back up.
0: you're listening to republic broadcasting network real news real talk real people because you can handle the truth
4: here at republic broadcasting network we have been building our online store well we have been focusing on bringing you the best talk show host in the country here at republic broadcasting network we also want our listeners to have products they can use every day And in times of emergency, we have added new products each week to our store. Your support of this network, plus products at the best prices, is a win-win situation. Check out our new store. Go to our website, republicbroadcasting.org, and click on the online store located at the top of our website. Together, we can continue to grow RBN and help our listeners prepare for the future. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on our online store or call us.
0: 800-724-2719, extension 3. 800-724-2719, extension 3. Extendivite has proven time and again, it really works. Here's a testimonial from Amazon.com. I am only 40, but I have put my body through hell working in manufacturing for 20 years. I recently started to notice a buzzing feeling along with a stuttering sensation with my heart. I had a full cardio stress done, which I passed. I decided to try Extendivite after getting the jingle stuck in my head. Halfway through the bottle, I really did notice a difference. After getting home from work, I would just sit in a chair for a few hours feeling like crap, and this stuff reduced that feeling along with heart discomfort to almost nothing. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with extend
1: So what they're talking about, substantive rights. What is a substantive right? We can't enlarge or we can't stop on anything. What's well, something that's essential. And then I started to sing when well, I said, substantive, well, let's, let's just see, substantive law. Now the courts want to talk about when you're doing this stuff, you, I start seeing that, I said, well, let me look that up. Let's see what that is. I've got substantive rights with substantive law. What is substantive law? That part of the law which creates, creates now, defines and regulates rights as opposed to, quote, objective and remedial law, end quote, which prescribes methods of enforcing rights and obtaining redress for their invasion. So one is enforcing the rights, that's our inalienable rights, and obtaining a a redress for it. The other one is creates, defines, and regulates rights. So what is substantive law? Let's put it in plain old English. It's called a benefit. When you time you create a right and when you define the right and when you regulate the right that shows the heck is not an inalienable right in the constitution that we reserved. Substantive law. That's the con. And Since 1934 they officially we have substantive rights which is using substantive law. Now you can go start looking in these Supreme Court cases, you'll find substantive law. That's right. They don't hide it. It's there. They just keep giving it a different word to the benefits, which Hayburn, uh, Babcock, there's all kinds of cases that have dealt with what happens with that. One of the best cases, summarizing it all, in plain English, was Babcock was in 1909 or 1919. Babcock versus United States. This is a case that summarizes using that case. This is out of Arizona, 1968. 4446. 446 p as in Paul, 2D-240. 446-P as in Paul, 2D-240. 1968 case. It's in the Court of Appeals of Arizona. They lay it out in plain English, and much more. But let's just go for this one, what we're talking about here. Welfare benefits are grants by the legislature, which has delegated to the Department of Public Welfare the power to determine recipients of such grants. Under such circumstances, i.e., here's the killer, when the state creates rights, and individuals against itself, comma, it is not bound to provide a remedy in the courts and may withhold all remedy, or it may provide an administrative remedy and make it exclusive, however mistaken in its exercise, uh, dispute, D-I-S-M-U-T-H versus United States or United States versus Babcock, that's at 250 US 328, 250 US 328, 1919 case. There you go. This is why. Well, you got to, We got administrative IRS. Uh, there's the Congress says, well, some of you can't go to court. You have to go to the. You have to pay off the debt, or you can't go to court. All this nonsense. It all stems, starting back in 19. 19- But actually, it started back before the Civil War. The Civil War was not about slavery. It was about state's rights. Well, it was really about. But they wanted to figure out a way to get rid of how could they bypass the Constitution of the United States. It has organic amendments up through 12. 13 and up is Congress. They call them articles. Almost everyone is called an article, not an amendment. And Congress has the right to legislate. Well, you sure can't have... Any sort of a right where Congress can legislate against it. You gotta be stupid to think that. But if it creates a fiction in law like a corporation, it can define what that corporation can and can't do. They created a fictional citizen of the United States. It's different than the citizen of the United States where you have the character, you can assume the character, and go up and petition Congress. This is one they created out of thin air. And then everything we do is a benefit. Somehow. Why does everything I do have to be a citizen of the United States? Why? Why? Slaughterhouse and cases said until the states do something wrong being a citizen of the United States Congress has no power to do nothing. It should be dormant. The states are doing citizens of the United States. What's that tell you? That's why when you go start reading these briefs you just shake your head. (coughs) These people... They operate in a little shell, and we can't tell the whole truth. Because getting back to this COVID-19, lawyers die on definitions. They make all kinds of crazy definitions. Well, this is defined as this, and blah, 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 blah. How come they don't define what a human subject is? In the Federal Register? You think that might be important? Are you a human subject? Am I a human subject? I think that's kind of important. Why wouldn't they use it? I'll tell you why. Because these people that are up there, going to the Supreme Court from these AGs, they got their hand in Pfizer's paying them off. <coughs> they can't be that stupid. They go up there, oh, we all got to get vaccinated. We all got to, well, and then you turn around and say, well, we don't want (coughs) to, we don't want to do it, but we all got to get vaccinated, and and we are agreeing, oh, yeah, that's the only way to stop this in the uh, uh, pandemic is vaccination, which is not a vaccination. (coughs) Nobody brings up as a uh, 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 modifying your DNA, experimental. Nobody cites the the real doctors in the world that have the real facts. Why? Because they're not who they say they are, just like Ted Cruz. He's got around, he's got a wife on the, I think it's the CFRs, and he would say, well, we had that there, insurrection, you know, at the January 6th. An insurrection, a bunch of unarmed people going in, complaining and led, set up by the FBI and the CIA. Anybody that hasn't figured that out yet, with all these people that they've identified that are there for the FBI, it's all a ruse. It's a lie. So I have no idea what the Supreme Court's going to do because there was there was no law brought up. What are they going to rule on? They did bring up notice and comment a little bit, generically. Do they not know how the whole system works? I do. I me print it. But the, why is it that they made it convoluted? Imagine if Congress did a bill, the House did a bill, and the Senate didn't vote on it, and all of a sudden everybody said, well, that's we all got to do because Pelosi in the House put a bill out. Everybody would be up in arms. Or if the Senate did it, and the House didn't do anything, or if the President didn't sign it, or if either of it, we'd all be up in arms, we can't do that. I challenge anybody. Where are you going to find the very specific, it's not taught, of how the administrative legislation works? I am going to get my hands on this 2,000 plus document that the judges use. I'll I'll get it somehow. I'll figure out a way to get it. It's just like I got my hands on that document uh, 248. Cited all the time in the Supreme Court and other cases and not in Westlaw. I finally got it for free from the University of Alaska. Emailed to me. why is this not available to us? Because we're going to need to know and if you're going to lie, well, we don't need to know. We just got to take their word for it. Just like the uh, bar Galliver, ba- Bailey. Well, she puts out the text of what's in the oath. I says, I don't mean diddly squat. You just typing in something doesn't mean anything. I want to see what they did under their signature. That's called evidence. This other doesn't even qualify as hearsay. It's smoke. They don't want to show it because I, I, I got them by the cojones. Many, many, so many ways it's unbelievable anymore. I just I can't make it up. So anyway, you start looking if you're reading Supreme Court. Look at substantive law and see if you don't find that little puppy in there. Because all the courts are doing is all is something called benefits. That's what they're doing. We have administrative law, and we have the law on the other side, supposed to be laws of the United States, which they quit doing hell a long time ago. It's public law now. Go look up public law. In 1936, they went 100% to quote public law. Go look it up in Blacksport. Tell me it's laws of the United States. It's not it's caught it's another lie. they just are our, our Congress how come nobody in Congress is supporting to have elections with like Mike Lindell has got with paper and all that it's a hundred percent it's they can't cheat basically it's paper and it's so much cheaper it saves money and you can't cheat and where are the people supporting it where's your congressman doing that Ted Cruz, he ain't. That gal down in Florida, Green, whatever the hell her name is, she's not. Why? If they will not support the most basic thing that we have, political rights, we have inalienable rights, but we can't enforce political or our inalienable rights unless we have political rights. Because that means we got a rule of law. We got somebody that's in charge that we have authorized and empowered. And there's nobody home. Hasn't been for a long, long, long time. In 1913, as soon as they did the 17th Amendment, they used a state. And they turned it over to a citizen of the United States. How come in the House of Representatives, Article 1, Section 2, it says the House of Representatives shall be composed of members chosen every second year by the people of the several
0: states.
1: People of the several states. I just stumbled across, this was Adams versus Clinton. It's a 90 F sub 2D 35, 9, F, period, SUPP, period, 2D, 35, it's a 2000 case, and they talk about instead of, they used uh, uh, each state, how come, why why, why couldn't they use several states, because you see, the citizen of the United States does no political rights, so they couldn't, came forward when they took it away from the house, the, the legislatures of the several states, and have a citizen of the United States and it's each state. Now we can define it. And that's what they did in the National Voter Registration Act. They love their definitions. State means, state of the United States, translated. That's a municipal entity under the United States and the District of Columbia. You can't have them in the same sentence connected with a conjunction. If, lest they're all citizens of the United States, then you can. Which, in D.C., they all are. D.C., and cause how do they put it out to us? Oh, well, that's the Buck Act, 1940. We're deemed to be in the federal area. We'll just make it up, and you all never figure it out. And we'll offer you all these, quote, implied-in-law contracts, like a Form 1040, where you are obligated to them to pay And they are obligated back to you to do nothing. That's why you can't take it to a constitutional court. There's no contract. The other side just don't have to do anything. Just me being stupid and a coward and being fooled, lied to, that I fell out of 1040. That's why the new W floors are so important. It says right on them, you can send it back and just write exempt. You have modified their application, their offer. They're saying, hey, Ralph, would you all like to come down and bend over and donate to the mafia? I say, no. I just write in exempt. You have to modify their contract and send it back. I keep a copy. I say, no, thank you. I don't want to volunteer. Right in the brief in Trump with the House of Representatives went after Trump, they say it's a voluntary national taxation system. How do I go to jail for being voluntary? How do I lose my property? Because I don't know no better. And then, what I, brought, what I found out, I'm going to dial into Westlaw, and I'll just read this right off of the, uh, like I say, you just can't make this stuff up anymore. It just, I don't know what to say. It's just, uh, uh, I don't know. So anyway, you go into the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure. And what does it say? Let me go in here and I'll just pull up the statutes. And I will pull up the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure. And I'll pull up Rule 1. Now, what do you think it says? These rules govern the procedure in all civil actions and proceedings in United States District Courts, except as stated in Rule 81. Proceedings in where? United States District Courts. What is a United States District Court? Where is it? Congress made, made it up in 1948, absolutely, 1948, 28 U.S.C. 132, it doesn't say District Court of the United States, it says United States District Court, that's called the compounding of nouns, or using the nouns as an adjective. So, let's see, what is, let's see their cases. Uh, Judicial power, this is what I, (coughs) this is why we took this uh, uh, to the uh, Supreme Court of the United States. You put it in quotation marks and nobody could touch it. Because what is the judicial power of a district court? That's in 28 U.S.C. 132 C. They're saying that all federal rules of civil procedure, which says the United States District Court and the appellate courts use. Okay? So what is judicial power of a district court? That, is it the same as judicial power in Article Three? All case, cases of law and equity? No, that's the judicial power of the United States. Judicial power is a function reserved strictly to governments. Prepositional phrase of the United States is a prepositional phrase, and the object is the government. United States of is a prepositional phrase. The is an article. The United States, not a United States. Very precise. This is judicial power of a district court, not the district court. (coughs) <coughs> is the district court a government? They print this stuff, and you know how many people's brought it up other than the Moody's? So the, well, the one case is I'm going to read here is the 1960s, another 1980. Nobody! From 1960 to 1980, that's decades and decades and decades. Nobody has touched this, so they don't read I didn't find it until we got doing the reply brief in the last part of the <coughs> Federal Circuit Court of Appeals and they acknowledged it, but they said that's an old case, but they, well, we, we, we can't go there. you know why? One of the secrets I learned in briefing, put it in quotation marks, judicial power of the United States, judicial power of a district court. They can't touch the dang thing. If you leave it open and just say judicial power of the United States, then a United States District Court can qualify because there's administrative stuff that's part of the judicial power of the United States. But if you put it in quotation marks, <clears throat> that limits it strictly to Article Three, law and equity. They can't go there. Because we quit that in 1934, and I think the civil rules come in in 1938, Federal Rules of Civil Procedure. And what does it say? The very first rule, proceedings in United States District Court doesn't say just District Courts, it says United States District Courts. So what is that thing? We're in trouble. We're in trouble, because you know what it is? It says here, this is United States versus Robert, 618 F2D (coughs) 5330. 1980, Ninth Circuit. 618 F2D 530. The thing is, we can't win, and we can't even have a fight if we don't know how to fight, if we don't know, identify what this thing is we're fighting. Federal agencies live only in the Federal Register and the Administrative Procedures Act. Think of the Federal Register as the application of putting in a bill. And the Administrative Procedures Act is the process of getting a vote and signed by the president have the force and effect of law. And you know how many of those I've found? None. Because they can't. It's a con. It's all an illusion. They all put it in stuff in the federal register. Everything. It's all garbage. Everything from stuff that could be a substantive reg if they had the power to do it to interpretive regs It's their interpretation or housekeeping regs. It's all limited to their internal nonsense. This is what's so frustrating. Human subjects is defined in the Federal Register. As departmental regs, they list out in the Federal Register every one of these agencies. And 5 U.S.C. 301, you don't normally see that right out in the open. They list them all out. They're proud of it. And nobody brought that up. That's the law. And it has to be judicially noticed. Which means no other evidence is required. The Supreme Court would be bound. If any of those people had the cojones to do it. Nobody talked to Oh, <coughs> they never questioned the OSHA at all. We just got to do whatever OSHA says. They're not elected by us. They don't have to abide by the administrative legislation. Congress said, oh, you're exempted. You're even beyond the con. Nobody brings this up. I just didn't scratch my head. This is like the funny farm or something. So this case, United States versus Roberts. There shall be a Hold on just a minute here. I want to type in uh, the song I want to have him play here uh, for the top of there. Okay, I got around and uh, that's first case. There shall be in each judicial district a district court, and the judicial power of a district court may be exercised by a single judge. Judicial power of a district court may be exercised by a single judge. It should be noticed. It is fundamental that a district judge has no judicial power individually. Oh, wow! I would have never figured that one out. Judicial power is something done by the government, so the judge can't do it by himself. His judicial power is exercised as a representative of a court. A court. That's what it said above. Judicial power of a district. Not the district court, a district court. Jurisdiction is lodged in a court, not in a person. The judge exercising the jurisdiction acts for the court, and they cite another, Fifth Circuit, quoting another Seventh Circuit. So the judge is acting for a court. District courts are solely creations of statutes. And the place in which a judge, therefore, may exercise jurisdiction is subject absolutely to the control of Congress. Whoa, that's signing a Supreme Court case.
6: paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's one 1-855, number 2 keep it today. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to